9 a.m. We've never done this before. Split up homecoming without a meal. Um, so it's homecoming light, I guess you might say. Got a couple of elements that I think you're going to be blessed by that are part of our regular homecoming. But before we get into that, I want to say it is wonderful to have the Whittemores back this morning. Yes. They're healthy. They're happy. They... We're driving down here to Glenlock, and I think I held them up a little bit. They were so excited. I'm like, who is that behind me? And I look, it's the Whittemores. They're so happy to be here, they can't wait, you know. So, but in all sincerity, um, Joe and Judy, we're very grateful that y'all are healthy and back. Uh, I want to thank Miss Joyce for adequately filling in in the weeks that you were gone, and, and we are truly blessed to have you back. Um, a few announcements that I want to highlight. We're not going to... Um, highlight many, but don't want to overload you with information today, but we will today at two o'clock have a service, funeral service, memorial service for Mary Meacham. That's Randy and Donna's daughter. I hope you're not just now finding out that she passed. Um, I guess it was last Sunday morning during the nine o'clock service that we actually found out. She was in her mid to late twenties and uh, anyway, let's pray for Randy, Donna, all those affected by Mary's passing, from 1 to 2, they will receive friends uh, in here in a uh, closed casket visitation. And at 2 o'clock, the service will start, and she will be buried in the Glenlock Cemetery. Um, also, 5 o'clock today, we have baptism and picnic at the Busby home in Central Hatchie. If you need directions or an address, you can see me or Bryson. Certainly Elaine Marshall has that also. It is on rain or shine. Because I'm going to get wet anyway. Um, so Lee said that they have adequate outside covered area to, to eat and fellowship in. So uh, it's on rain or shine. So thank you to everyone who's bringing what we need for that event and participating in that to make that happen today at 5 o'clock. Absolutely. Hey, we may get we may get baptized by immersion and sprinkled <laughs> this afternoon. So everybody may have some sort of that's a bad joke, is it not, Joe? Okay, you like that. Sprinkling and baptism today at five o'clock. Don't forget backpacks are due back next Sunday. Um they're going to the associational meeting the next week, but I don't want to give myself nor y'all that extra week because you'll put it off to the extra week if you're like me. So let's try to have the backpacks due back um, next Sunday. There's a ribbon system that I guess maybe, Catherine, did you do that? No. Uh, Crystal? That was really nice because I had a question. Someone asked me a question about the ribbons. Thank you for doing that. I knew it was somebody awesome, and it, and it was Crystal. That's really nice. Thank you, Crystal, for doing that. Um, the other thing I wanted to highlight is we're having our fall festival the last Wednesday of this month, but we need candy for this. We've printed um, invitation cards to pass out in, in, in several places, so we hope for a lot of people. If we have a lot of people, we need a lot of candy to give out with the trunk or treat part of the fall festival. So... There are bins back there, out there, that, that we would love to see uh, full of candy. So we got a few weeks for that. Well, uh, I, the only other thing I wanted to mention is Patsy Daniel brought to our attention a man in Central Atchie named John Bricks, B-R-I-X. He has cancer. He's getting radiation treatments. We got a pretty lengthy prayer list that you get, I hope, in our emailed newsletter, our emailed bulletin. If you're not on our email list and you would like to be, please give me your email address and I'll send you every week. We will, the newsletter, the prayer list, and sermon notes. So um, add John Bricks to that. Thank you, Miss Patsy, for bringing his name to our attention. Let's stand. We're going to sing, but before we do, um, Kyle, will you lead us in prayer, please, brother?
Good morning. Harper's going to come give our memorial report. Good morning. Um, I love that song. He's here with us. Um, the past two years, I'm sorry, y'all, it's, um, uh, we've all been affected, um, and I'm thankful he's here with us, and we know where our loved ones are. Um, um, it's been difficult these past two years, um, and, um, so I'm going to be reading the list, and it's lengthy. When Miss Beth gave me the list, I was like, oh my gracious, um, but it is community, church members, church family. Um, in our prayer list so um, but um, we've had a lot of deaths this past year or two years um, so I'm gonna be reading this in chronological order um, Chris North Greg Flores Grayson Wesley Klein Chastity Leanne, Leanne McGowan Jean Kitchens Virginia Smith Sandy Teeter's sister Joy Hyatt Earl Holloway senior Chase McDaniel Stanley Robinson, Christine Jackson, Ron Vaughn, Bruce Daniel, Kevin Shelnut, Lida Prince, Virginia Till, Margaret Puckett, Ronald Leopard, Shelby Joe Shoemake, Ralph Weaver, Jock McRae, McRae um, Barb Garner, Bill Johnson, Glenn Bean, Joel Rogers, Jim Porter, Dave Lannon, Wendy Langley, Dennis Shaw, Tracy Holmes, Red Sanders, Frank Meggs, Earlene Shelnut, Della Boyd, David Teeter, Jerome Harris, Gladys Calvert, Barry Joe Folds, Gary Wright, Mary Jeanette Henderson, Virginia Gladney, um, Freddie Duncan, Richard Wayne, Diane Buchanan Frosolona, thank you, sorry. Um, Jay Jones, Reed Frosolono, Robbie Hallmark, Donna Kirk, Charles Luster, Scott Holder, Bruce Bannister, Chris Brown, Donna Wink Williams, Buck Whitehead, Steve Giles, Hollis Aubrey Crockett, Evelyn Roten, Tommy Jones, Randy Music, Randy Turner, 
Doris Bell, Hubert Carroll, Jennifer Snyder, Tommy Ferguson, Perkison, Larry Boswell, Donnie Ingram, Donald Pelham, Thomas Aubrey Sr., Billy Aubrey, Nick Washburn, Ozell Gordon, Stephen Marshall, Rebecca Hawkins, Wendy Childs, Harry Robinson, Eric Cook, Buck Aubrey, Eddie Bell, Bob Montgomery, Austin Stringfellow, um, Carol Dollar, Anthony Taylor, Larry Brown, Rusty Dukes, Kenny Brown, Randy Conley, Susan Moss Merritt, Joan Capes, James Yurda, Beverly Wiggins, Elizabeth Ivey, Sue Woodruff, Loretta Lineville, Tommy Hanley, Jerry Bass, Frankie Adams, Ray Yates, Betsy Adams Tillman, Miriam Cannon, Dole Harcrow, Pam Romano, Brandon Henderson, Carol Curtis, Thomas Curtis, James Griffin, Keith Shepard, Georgia Dunson, Chris Mims, Paul Nielsen, Jeffrey Dollar, Keith Costley, Philip George, Eddie Evans, Pam Malone, Sherry Williams, Randall Knowles, Jody Smith, Thomas Lipford, Chuck Thrower, and Marty Meacham. And y'all, I think that's three pages worth of it. Okay, sorry. I thought I had doubled my pages. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I'd like to say thank you to the church for, um, for, for supporting that. I'm going to uh, grief share ministry um, that we've done. It's been seven years that we've um, that I've had the opportunity to um, facilitate grief share, and um, we I just again thank the church for allowing me to do that. Um, it's now moved into a full time position at Martin Howard Martin and Hightower Funeral Home. I'm honored to to facilitate it there, and um, we also have we have grief share a one on one grief recovery method. Um, and soon we'll offer a Stevens ministry to help those that are hurting. Um, it's a wonderful program, and I would like to introduce to you um, someone who's been through the program. Uh, Miss Sandra Montgomery is going to come up now and just share a little bit about Grief Share. morning. Grief Share is an invaluable resource that's available to us locally. I cannot tell you how valuable the weekly meetings have been in my own recovery. Everyone faces loss at some point, but our experiences can be dramatically different. The impact varies depending on the person we lose and on the relationship we shared with that person. I compare grief to suddenly and unexpectedly being in a foreign land where I don't know the culture, I don't know the language, and I don't know how to find my way back home. During the last two years, we've had so much loss. I personally have lost more than 20 people that were special to me in some way. They were close neighbors, dear friends, longtime coworkers, former students, and immediate family members. The losses were sad, even painful, but some were devastating. Without the support of Grief Share, I wouldn't be as far along in my healing as I am. The reminder of God's promises, the scenarios that are depicted in the videos, and the discussions that follow are immensely helpful. The meetings always provide a safe place to be honest about my struggles with no judgment from anyone. I'm extremely grateful for Grief Share and the effect it's had on my own healing. The program lasts 13 weeks, but because my grief experiences have all been so different and because I received so much support and unconditional love, I've completed Grief Share three times and I can plan to continue. Um, my first time was in Huntsville, Alabama, and then I came here with my brother and found Found it here. I urge everyone who's struggling with loss to consider attending Grief Share. The videos help us understand some of the changes we experience, like sleeplessness, forgetfulness, 
lack of energy and motivation, confusion, physical changes, loneliness, anger, hopelessness, there's so many. Additionally, the support we receive from each other is invaluable. We never need to pretend that everything's okay. We can share our struggles or share our progress <clears throat> or just listen as others share. Every week I leave with a new strategy to help me on this journey. Paul instructed the Galatians to bear one another's burdens. To the Corinthians, he said, God comforts, comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. In the book of Romans, we learn that we have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and to weep with those who weep. Although Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, he was still deeply moved in spirit and even wept at the depth of mourning that Mary and her friends were exhibiting. Grief is debilitating for the griever and awkward at best for the observers. A person may return to work after a loss and desperately needs compassion and support, but instead sees co-workers turn and walk the other way to avoid interaction. It isn't because they don't care, but rather they're just afraid. People will avoid even mentioning the deceased person's name for fear of reminding the grieving person of his or her loss. We just don't know what to say or how to help. Grief is a taboo subject in our society. We discuss our successes and our plans for the future. We ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? We share memories of our vacations, but we never prepare for grief. It's as though we gamble that somehow it's going to skip over us. Loss is a natural part of life, and we grieve because we loved. As Christ followers, we have a responsibility to help others through this process. I hope that one day we as a church congregation will experience grief share together to equip us as we minister to others who are grieving. Thank you, Glenlock Baptist Church, for sponsoring grief share. And thank you, Kim and Martin and Hightower Funeral Home for hosting the weekly meetings. Please, if you are grieving or if you know someone who is, Grief Share is available to help. And we're going to worship together again. And before we worship, I just want to read to you First um, Thessalonians. 4, 16 through 18, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet our Lord in the air. And so we will always be with our Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. That's the scripture that when we all get to heaven was wrote um, based on. Let's sing that together this morning.
at this time, Mr. Terry Harper will bring our church update. Of course, we can't cover everything, everything that's uh, gone on in the last year or, or more than a year now. But uh, just some things, uh, and uh, at the end I'll come in on a couple of other things. Uh, but you know, as we as we sit where we are today, uh, much is uh, getting back to normal, and, and we're thankful and grateful for that. Uh, for example, Sunday school uh, is is back in in full swing. Our children and youth meeting, uh, our Tuesday lunches are, are back. Uh, we're thankful for that. Our youth went back to summer camp. Uh, and uh, our food pantry is in full swing, and uh, not only are we grateful for that, but our community is very grateful for that. A lot of cleanups have been going on uh, around the church because we had had to sort of forego a lot of that for the uh, past uh, year or two. Uh, and of course, now we're planning to have one night in Bethlehem again, Lord willing, and, and, the, and the COVID cooperates. So. Some things that are not yet uh, back to normal, uh, uh, but they will be. Uh, still, we're in two services like we are today. Uh, we're still uh, keeping our distance during our meetings to, to help uh, with, with support the COVID and, and, and be safe. Uh, today, of course, it's not back to normal because we're having homecoming, but we're not having uh, a meal. And, that's a first for me because I've eaten a lot of meals at homecoming here at Glenlock and, and enjoyed those, not just the food, but the fellowship. But, but, but God will have us back when, when he's ready for us to be back. Some of the projects, just to mention some, but not all, the cemetery has been cleaned up uh, and at different times for different people. Uh, you know, Rodney uh, East has, has worked uh, diligently out here and cleaning off the grounds to, to to my right, uh, to your left, next to that fence in the, in the cemetery there. Uh, one night in Bethlehem area, had a major cleanup with Bush Hogging and, and, the, and the space behind, behind one night in Bethlehem. Gazebo has a new roof and new decking on it, uh, and there's other things to come with, with that and cleaning up, which is already in place. Campus signs have been repainted. I know Benji and Randy, I know the two that worked on those. Uh, the flooring has been replaced in the youth area in the bathroom area. I never go in there. That I don't think of the one who replaced it, my friend, Freddie Duncan. Uh, new walk-in coolers uh, that the food pantry have, have put in. Uh, Durell was involved in leading that project. Uh, still, we have a soccer program that's uh, going on right now that Neil is that leads and heads up uh, along with uh, Bryson and Giles and others that support that. And we have uh, uh, faithful volunteers that, that, work in, that continue to work in the pantry and to make that possible. And, and I want to say one other thing that, that we have, we've had some creative funding for our pantry uh, to have the funds that, that they need and that's headed, was headed up by Javon Lane, and Javon, we appreciate that for uh, uh, the uh, uh, Georgia, uh, uh, it's not Georgia Power, it's, uh, uh, what is it, Javon? Southern, Southern Power, yeah. Uh, so, but uh, a lot of things happen to make, to make things turn out well. This year, our, and we're thankful and grateful for all the people that's been a part of every one of these things. Certainly, we don't have time to mention all the people and everything that's been done. But we're thankful to have a church that's willing to work and to do the things that keep our campus uh, in, in good condition. And there's still things, things to be done. This year, we also added eight new members for the year, uh, four by baptism and four by either letter or statement. Uh, and there have been many adjustments uh, that needed to be made this past year, and we all have experienced those adjustments. Additional work that had to be done because of the COVID and because of not meeting. And uh, 
the two services and, uh, that, that, we've, that we've been in now for, for a good while and working hard to, uh, as the Lord allows to get back to the one service. And I want to thank all of the people who've put forth this, the extra effort to make the, all of these things possible and to make it work and to maintain a healthy church that, that supports the work of the Lord and supports the different ministries. But I especially want to thank our pastor, Neil Aubrey, because of the extra work that this put on, has put on him and as far as the two services. But also I want to thank him for his leadership because I sit and I'm in a lot of meetings that Neil has. But I want to say to you that we have a pastor who loves God, loves our church, uh, loves each one of us. And we are, should be, I hope, very grateful because of, you know, I've never been in a meeting where Neil said, we, well, I, I, uh, we need to do this. He doesn't, he doesn't operate that. His leadership is, what do y'all think? And then we do it together. And I just want to say from all of us to you, Neil, thank you. I can stay seated, but I hope you don't see, stay seated for long. <laughs> you can go ahead and start. Testify, oh, somebody 
Thank you, Catherine, and our guest ensemble. That was great. That's one we haven't heard in quite a while. Uh, I love that song. I want to thank um, Terry for the kind words. I guess two years ago, things really began to change in some ways that we, we weren't quite expecting. I don't know exactly when... What was going on overseas was going on before it got here around the turn of that that year. But um, it has been a difficult two years, hasn't it? I'm so grateful that you were able to hear from Miss Sandra Montgomery. She has recently been attending my morning Wednesday Bible studies, and she has just added so much. She's Randy Curry's sister. Y'all know Randy, and she has been a great great addition to um, our discussions and our fellowship, but I loved not only what you said, Miss Sandra, but how you said it and, and, and the thought that it, it feels at times like being in a, in a foreign land and we, we, don't know, we don't even know the language. That's kind of how the last couple of years have been. It, it's felt so different. So... We were discussing that list of names. I'll be honest with y'all. Kim and I, and maybe another couple of people, we talked about shortening that. And I just couldn't have peace about culling any of those names off. And I thought to myself, you know what? We, we need to read every name because we forget the weight the weight and the impact of, of every person and their significance and their life. Kim, you did a great job reading. But isn't it just overwhelming to think? When I first looked over that list, I forgot about this one. Man, I forgot about that one. So the past couple of years have been grief. What do we do? <laughs> Terry's right. <laughs> My leadership the whole time has been, you know, I, I, my, my, my father-in-law who was in the military used to tell a joke. Terry reminded me of this. And the guy, I don't remember the exact context, but Tracy's dad was in Vietnam. And he used to tell a story about a guy who was in a situation and he was talking to the people on the ground. And I mean, this guy had to make, in, in a moment of crisis, a very difficult decision. And the guy says, he calls in, he says, somebody tell me what to do where I can make a decision, you know? I can't tell you how many times in my life I've felt that way, and you can probably relate. Tell me what to do so I can make a decision. The last couple of years have been difficult, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be away from Luke this morning, and I would like to introduce our, our guest homecoming speaker. We have a guest homecoming speaker today that is, is surprising. It's going to be me. <laughs> but I guess the surprise is that we're going to be in the book of James. So let's turn briefly to the book of James. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. And I'm also going to read verse 12. I'll tell you what I'm going to do today. I'm going to give us a map. I'm going to give us a framework. I'm just going to give you some words to help understand a little more about how God wants us to respond to trials and adversity and the uncertainty and difficult of life. And I want to tell you how this message came to be before I read the text. 
See, I've already preached this in a couple of contexts already. Several weeks ago on a Wednesday night, I first delivered this message to the Herd High football team. And then, a couple of weeks ago, I delivered a bit of this message to the Glen Methodist Homecoming Service, and Beth and Rodney were in attendance. So my apologies to you if some of, some of this might sound familiar. But I really want to tell you that Kyle and I were on the phone talking the week that my niece, Allie, was in Children's Health Care of Atlanta. And the subject was, why do we go through, why does God allow and appoint the trials that we face in our lives? So I'm talking with Kyle, and he and I have a conversation. And while we're talking, I kind of start writing down a few things. Well, I'd also talked to a man named Dennis Pike that same week. And Dennis felt like he was going through a Job-like suffering. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so I'm talking to Kyle, I'm talking to Dennis and praying with Dennis. And, you know, everything that's going on with my brother and his wife and their family. And, and it all just kind of came, there, there are two passages of Scripture, and I, I want you to, if you are taking notes, if you don't take notes, I highly, of all the notes that I send out, you ought to get this one because there's so much here that I've compiled over the last month about trials, so I'm just going to give you the bare bones, the framework. But there are two passages, 1 Peter chapter 1, and James chapter 1, you could set those two chapters side by side and preach this same message from those two texts. And then you could take your whole Bible and preach this same message from the whole Bible. So this is actually kind of a, um, a culmination, a framework of, of what the Bible teaches about suffering. So th there is a title, and here's the title. The trials we face on the long road home. The trials we face on the long road home. Because let's be honest, the road home is long. Someone described the Christian life as a long obedience in the same direction. We're on a journey. And this road is paved with Lots of suffering and surprises. There are, you ever been in the mountains where you're on these roads and you see these signs, falling rock, <laughs> beware falling rock. You know, I'm always thinking, <laughs> hope it doesn't happen while I'm on it. But you know that it happens to somebody or that sign would not be there. So James chapter 1. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed, they're scattered abroad. He says, greetings. Then he says, consider it all joy, my brethren. When, not if, when you encounter various trials. What a phrase knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, without any doubt, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, but let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Skip down to verse 12, because that's where we're going to end. 
Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. Once he has been approved, he will receive, look at this language, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Father, thank you for your amazing love for us. We thank you that you are with us, not only in worship, but you are with us daily. You never leave us, you never forsake us. And though you know in advance what we're going to go through, we don't. We should not be surprised by the fiery trials. You tell us they're coming. We don't know what form, what variety, what intensity. We don't know when. But what we do know is you. Help us to have a framework, a map, so that we may respond in a different way. A faithful way, a godly way, a joyful way to the trials we go through. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to give you a word for each letter of trials. And I'm going to give you this in advance, and then we're going to back up, and I've got a few minutes to put some meat on those bones, okay? The T is for testing. The R is for reliance. The I is for improvement. The A is for assurance. The L is for love. The S is for surrender. So let's back up. And what I want to point out is that we're not home yet. And that's the whole problem. We're not yet where we're going to be, and we're not yet what we're going to be. The early church was scattered and dispersed. Peter says the same thing that James says. These early Christians were like a, like a, a meal that you would order at Waffle House. Scattered, smothered, covered, and diced. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was the early church, and, and it's still us. So it's not a matter of if, but when. Let me tell you all something that happened to us. I told you earlier this summer, my family took a, all, we took a huge trip out west and we, we all rode on Amtrak. We took the Empire Builder from Minnesota to Glacier to Seattle. Last week, the very same train on the very same tracks derailed. Several people were killed. Many others were injured. Almost all but two of the cars off the tracks. My uncle, who was on the trip with us, texts me, and he says that was the very train. And it had a screenshot of the train in Montana derailed. The very same track. The very same train. You know what? We're all on those same tracks. We were like, wow, that could have been us. James is telling us that we're all on that same track. We don't know when, we don't know how, but at some point, at some point, this thing's going to get off the rails. So what do we do? We prepare ourselves spiritually by going to God and His Word. James says something truly amazing. He says, count it all joy when you go through those various trials. Now, wait a minute, James. Have, have you lost your spiritual mind? Count it joy when I go through trials? How, how are we supposed to do that? The, the J.B. Phillips translation is even better. It's even better. It says... Don't consider your trials as intruders. Welcome them as friends. Wait a second. That's, that's counterintuitive. That's against my human nature. Because I want to slam the door in the face of an intruder that is a trial and, and, and a difficulty. And, and you're telling me to welcome them as friends? Let's go back to our acronym, T, testing. 
okay, this is a friend that God has brought into my life, this trial for testing, to test the genuineness and the reality and the condition of my faith. You remember those old signals that the emergency broadcasting system would put out? This is a test. This is only a test. (laughs) Your trial is a test. Do I have genuine faith? And what is the condition of my faith? Because let's, let's be real. Faith is the gift of God that leads to salvation. It's the one thing that I better be sure about. And it's the one thing that I better be growing in. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. The test of my faith, speaking it, it is a test, but it's not the ultimate test. The pulpit is a test. It's not the ultimate test. The real test is how... How do I respond to life and people and circumstances? Will I praise Him in the storm? Will I forgive people when they hurt me? Will I still hold on? Will I believe? There's a lot of questions we have. And and your trial is like a Big Mac truck coming over the bridge of the heart of your life and faith, testing the integrity of, Of that faith. And what Peter tells us about the testing is that if you're the real deal, if you're the real McCoy, if you truly are a child of God, yes, that Mack truck that is that trial will will bear on your bridge, but, but the anchor will hold and your faith will come through as precious as gold. As precious as gold because it's been what? It's been refined in the fire. I can't develop that much more than that. But our trials, listen, our trials introduce us to ourselves. They show us who we really are. They shatter my illusions, right? That I'm further along than I thought I was. You ever realize that? I, you know, I've been a Christian so long. I, I should be further along than this. And then your trial comes and you say, I've still got a lot of growing to do, right? I've got to move on. The R is for reliance. Notice how often James says in this passage, not only does he say, he gives us the word testing, but he also tells us to, to pray, doesn't he? To ask. Your trial humbles you and breaks you and puts you at the Savior's feet. Spurgeon had a wonderful quote about trials. Trials make the promise sweet. Trials give new life to prayer. Trials put me at His feet. They lay me low and they keep me there. Trials help me learn the reality that I'm insufficient in myself. The most dangerous temptation of all is self-reliance. God is not going to let you be self-reliant. He loves you too much. We are going to have to walk by faith, not by sight. And we do lose sight of our true condition. We have false hope in ourselves and our abilities. I've got myself ranked way too high. (laughs) But then an opponent comes into my life, defeats me, and I go back to my true ranking. (laughs) But it's all to teach me that in my weakness, he is strong. So the T is for testing, the R is for reliance. Again, we could flesh this all out a little bit more. The I is for improvement. Your tests are not just to prove you, they are to improve you. The spiritual word for this is sanctification. You should say about your trial, I needed this to happen for my sanctification. I needed this to happen. I welcome this because I know that God is going to improve me. James 1 says that he is producing something. Your trial is not wasted, it's productive. Don't you hate being wasteful and inefficient? You want to be productive. Your trial lays you in the hospital and you feel like this is not very productive. 
God doesn't have that view. God says, no, your time away, your time away, and I'm just mentally thinking right now about your time away. You literally had time away. And sometimes we feel like, man, I'm out of work. I'm worthless. I'm in, this, is not, this is not helping. I got, I got to get back. I got to get back. I, your trial is producing something. Character, endurance. Read Romans 5, 1 through 5. Your trial is to produce something in you that would not otherwise be produced. Hope and humility and empathy and love and perseverance and true joy based on a real foundation. I could go on and on and on. Our trials improve us where we need the most adjustment. And our spiritual attitude, our character. God values character and spiritual growth above every other type of producing that could happen in our lives. A is for assurance. Assurance. Talked to my brother while all this was going on with Allie, and Jake quoted something that he felt like God was telling him. Jake says, I feel like all this is falling apart, but I feel like God is saying, no, no, no. He says, it's, it's all coming together. The assurance that this is working together for good the assurance of, of the fact that, l- let me quote Larry Teeter. Several years ago, we had a funeral service, and Larry Teeter said something, Miss Sandra, that you made me think of. And the, he, he, he was preaching a funeral service, maybe for somebody in his family, I can't remember, we were in here. In the clouds of sorrow, you will find God. In the clouds of sorrow, you will find God. He will meet you there. And your trial will assure you that that promise is real. It will assure you of that. It will increase your assurance of the fact that my only hope in life and death is that I belong to Him. The L is for love. And I had different angles on this one. Your trial is going to increase your love for God because He loves me enough to discipline me. He disciplines those He loves. He loves me enough to put me through difficulty in order to grow our love. If you want to really get to love your family and know your family, go camping with them. Every counselor will say that. Our adversity draws us together and increases our love for God, our experience from God, and our love for one another increases. Randy and Donna Meacham ought to feel more loved through this than they felt at many other times in their lives. That's the surprise through adversity. Jake and Ashley said, this many people care? We forget how many people care. J.C. Ryle said this about friendship. The world is full of sorrow because it's full of sin. It's a dark place. It's a lonely place. It's a disappointing place. But the brightest sunbeam is a friend. Friendship will half your trouble and double your joy. Friendship halves the trouble and doubles the joy. God has a plan to increase love through the trial. And that's why James says, to those who what love Him, there's a promise. The S is for surrender. If you circled every time in this passage, James says, let, let, let. Doesn't that sound like a submissive term? Doesn't that sound like a wave the white flag? Doesn't that sound like just, just cast your anxiety upon Him? He cares for you. Let, let, let. Knowing that as you surrender to Him, He has a plan to reward you, both in this life and in the next life. 
Let it have its perfect work to mature you and complete you. And know that you're blessed because if you persevere under trial, what is being under some? It is submitting to it. Submitting to it and surrendering to it, to it with the right attitude. I, I, I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to stop kicking against the goes. I'm just going to surrender and be under this and let him have his way. So let me close by saying, Allie had a really nice homecoming when she came home from the hospital. (laughs) Homecoming parades, some of those joyous times in life. It may not end so well here, but we have the assurance that it is going to end well there. That's why I read verse 12. Sometimes the child doesn't come home. But if you see your grief and your sorrow through the grief and the sorrow of Jesus. In Gethsemane, he surrendered. On the cross, he suffered. He had a glorious homecoming. I've got to see my trial through his trial. That way, the surrender is assured of a promise of glory. Let me tell you why I'm so emotional. We forget, I don't know if I'm going to tell it, but I'm, but I'm going to. When I left soccer yesterday, I topped this little hill. And on my right was Harold Adams and Jimmy. Harold was out there. He was cleaning his get yourself together. <laughs> this is, this has good news. He was cleaning Brandon's grave. He was washing it off. Brandon Adams was a good friend of ours. He was in his early 30s. He didn't come home. And I had forgotten about the grief and the sorrow and the love that people like Jimmy had for that family. And there was that dad cleaning that grave. I think the date was 04, 05. Jimmy will know. And I thought to myself, man, I cannot wait till our real homecoming. And there is going to be a real homecoming. There is good news ahead. And here I'm preaching about joy and trials and I'm crying like a baby. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that I just practiced what I'm preaching. But you understand If you surrender, and and that family came to the point where they surrendered, okay? And so we're out there yesterday, and we're, hey, we laugh, and we're cutting up, and we're having a good time. But, but, but you got to go through the grief. You got to grieve properly before you're ever really able to embrace the joy. You got to see what Jesus went through and go through your own Gethsemane, your own cross before you can truly rejoice my goodness I really didn't plan to get into all that why don't we close in prayer Um, what I hope and pray is that this is a framework to help you understand and respond correctly to grief 
and sorrow and adversity. Because as Miss Sandra and the Word has already remind, reminded us, we, we, are, we are not exempt. But I thank God for the gospel of Jesus Christ, which brings us the promise of home. Father, thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy. Thank you for friendship. Thank you for surrender. But thank you most of all for the crown and the joy on the other side. All of that was purchased by Christ. He is the good news that transcends all death, all grief, all suffering. Thank you for your amazing love for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. There it is. I surrender all. wish I could say let's all go eat in the fellowship hall together now, but I can't say that. So maybe next year we can say that. We'll see. But either way, we're going to praise the Lord and we'll be ready. My apologies to Sunday school. Y'all have that next, so uh, please go there as soon as possible. Catherine, will you close us, please, in our... Hey, it's homecoming, so I want to close the family of God. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God I've been washed in the fountain cleansed by his blood join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side for I'm part of the family the family of God have a fantastic day.